When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rich Eisen. He is the baddest man in the NFL. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Joseph, come on. It is good. Are you kidding me, Mr. Wright? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Five touchdown passes. Tom Brady today. Jackson, he'll keep it on the read option, and he flips in for the go-ahead touchdown. Today's guests, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, Fox Sports NFL analyst Aqib Tlaib, plus Overreaction Monday, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We are so fired up to be here in Los Angeles, California, for you here on NBC Sports on Peacock. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have us in your ear gate. Also on Sirius XM Channel 211 right after the Dan Patrick Show on NBC Sports on audio every day. Just like we're on after DP on NBC Sports on Peacock every day. That's how you can see us. PeacockTV.com to get Peacock and download that app and see the smiling faces of Christopher Brockman every single day. And Mike Del Tufo. Good to see you, gents. How are you yeah. over there? Good up, to Rich? see you what over up, there. Season ticket holders for, uh, for two. In the case of Mike Del Tufo, two and O teams. Yes. Okay. How are you, TJ Jefferson? How are you, sir? Victory Monday, baby. I'm Victory doing great. Victory Monday. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. Victory Monday. Well, not just for the Dallas Cowboys, but also Penn State. Penn State. Yeah. Penn State. Yeah. TJ, yes. how many other teams that you have? Did that Florida won? State win? Well, I, uh, Pitt had a little tough one. Pitt. You know, <laughs> two so. out of three. Oh right, yeah, I heard on College Game Day you root for Pitt. That's right. Uh, that was a couple weeks ago, though. Again, like I said, 130 D1 teams, and you guys find it weird that someone can like more than one. Oh, That's man. weird to me. Well, good to see you on this Monday anyway. <laughs> okay, hey, good hey. to see you. Good to see you. Aaron Rodgers is going to join us in 18 minutes. So that'll right. be great. He's he's taking on the Lions tonight on Monday Night Football. When I'm done here, I'm heading to the uh, studios to take care of business on Westwood One's coverage of Monday Night Football tonight. Uh, it'll be Kevin Harlan and Tony Baselli with the call from Green Bay. And um, and joining us on the phone line will be Aaron Rodgers in 18 minutes' time. I will be hosting the pregame and halftime of that. Rich, can you ask Aaron about his new favorite Hawaiian cuisine? You think you could slip any of those? I don't questions? know what you're referring to. Okay. I don't know what you're referring well, to. I mean, he spent a lot of time well, in Hawaii. Well, here's what I'm planning on on asking him is, is at any point during the non-playing season when we were you know eager to talk to him, because the, the words you were hearing from a lot of people, like, he's gone. He is never showing up as a Green Bay Packer again. He is done. He's resolute. He's a different uh, per type of cat. What, a difficult uh, personality, somebody kind of referred to it. <laughs> you know, a unique guy. You heard all that stuff, that he was gone. Well, guess who's coming out of the tunnel tonight on Monday Night Football as a Green Bay Packer and the only Monday Night home game. So this will be potentially his last Lambeau Monday night, or I'll ask him that too. There's lots to talk about. Complicated fellow. Complicated That's fellow. Right. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers will be joining us in now 16 and a half minutes. Let's Can talk about one. Sunday night football. 
Oh, baby. You man. know what? Um, we hear this all the time in our business. Um, who who needs the win more? Yeah, right. Okay, you hear that. Sure. And it's just like, look, sure. sports is all about what Gordon Gecko said in Wall Street. Greed, for the lack of a better word, is good. It's good. You've got to be greedy. You always need more. More is more. It's not less. More is more, Rich. More is more. Confirmed. You've got to keep winning. You've got to keep winning. And you hear that all the time. Who needs to win more? Well... You could really make the case in this instance the Baltimore Ravens needed the win more than Kansas City. Because the Chiefs, once they're said and done, are still going to have Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill and the rest of that team. And, you know, they're still going to be the two-time defending AFC champ and last two Super Bowl competitors from the AFC. And they're still that team. And you just have to figure that. And the Ravens, we already established even though there's now an extra regular season game, starting 0-2 and 1-1, the difference in making the playoffs in previous years, the 30 previous years, it's a 30% difference. You get an 11.6% chance of making the playoffs if you're 0-2 and 41.6% chance if you're 1-1. It's that simple. And that was on the line last night for the Baltimore Ravens. And did they take one shot after another from the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes, they did. The number of times that people who are definitely still not on your fantasy team, despite them being Kansas City Chiefs, that scored on the Baltimore Ravens defense, you kind of lost track or picked up first downs. You kind of lost track. Mr. Pringles scored a touchdown. You know, that kid Robinson who was being covered by Marlon Humphrey scores a touchdown. He wasn't even looking at Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey Mahomes sometimes, as Chris Collinsworth pointed out last night. And then when Kelsey ran 46 yards for the touchdown, or it was a pass play, a 46-yard pass play that NBC's terrific crew pointed out, 27 was after the catch. And that's the demoralizing score. That's what the Chiefs will do is they'll keep on coming at you and pouring it on. And I heard Ross Tucker on Westwood One's coverage last night as well, made a great point. It's like playing tennis against Kansas City. You have to hold serve when, you, when, when you've got the serve, a.k.a. the football, because they're going to hold serve. They're going to put points on the board. You have to respond. You can't fall behind, and that's what the Ravens did when Kelsey with that demoralizing touchdown. That's usually the backbreaker when somebody like Kelsey runs through your defense like that. And what did the Ravens do is they scored their last 12 points unanswered. One of them was a Mahomes mistake that he said was the worst interception of his career, and I guess you could call it the worst interception of your career when you've never thrown one in the month of September (laughs) before that one last night. That was his first one ever in the month of September since coming off the campus at Texas Tech. And that started the movement for the Ravens, who, gosh bless them, stick to their guns. They just stick to their guns. They stick to their guns, man. And what are the guns? The guns are running a football. That's the guns. That's it. They ran it 41 times last night for 251 yards and three scores. Two of them from Lamar Jackson, including the head over heels leap into the end zone to put them on top. 
And that is Baltimore in a nutshell. We're going to jam it down your throat, but also with a 21st century scheme, you don't know who's coming to block you. You don't know who's coming with the football. And if it's number eight, you best tape your ankles because they're about to be snapped off (laughs) if it's eight. And if it's eight, it's one of those oh moments. And they're down. They're down in this game after Kelsey runs through like that. They're down two scores, and they score the last 12. Collecting that Mahomes interception and then going five and out, and then the fumble recovery. Odafe Owe. Hey, man. Hashtag we are. Had a pretty damn good weekend. <laughs> right. The whiteout against Auburn on Saturday night, and in the case of this rookie, Owe. What a play. A, a what a play. Closeout. Whiteout Saturday, closeout on Monday. I mean, Sunday night. And, you know, Owe just like kind of just reached his. What a paw he must have well, that he just slapped it in whack. there. Out comes the ball from Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and he recovers it. Yep. And what do the Ravens do with it? They hold on for dear life. And how many times did we see it? We saw it Thursday night with the Giants. Uh-oh, don't. Just whatever you do, hands and ten and two in the wheel and make sure you burn their timeouts. <laughs> and that's all we got to do. And then we'll get out of Dodge. And they went three and out, took 11 seconds off the clock, kicked the field goal, and then left their back door open, wide open. Wide open. And they lost. I, I kind of yada, yada, yada at the end of that Thursday nighter, but I think you get the point. <laughs> <laughs> a lot happened in between yeah, all that. Yeah, but what do the Ravens do? They get the ball to midfield, and it's fourth and one. And what do they do? They go for it. And you could see John Harbaugh mouth the words, as Al and Chris are wondering in the booth, do they go for it? He had already made the decision they're going for it. You could see on his on his headset, you could see, I've, I've looked at it literally 30 times, mm-hmm. and you could see he says, "We're gonna do we go for this? We go for this. We're going to go for it. I think he says that, and that's when he checks in with Lamar. Do you want to go for this? Hey, Lamar, Lamar, you want to go for this? Now look, every quarterback a thousand times out of a thousand is going to say, of course, coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fourth the, and one, fourth and 21, whatever. You know, so many times quarterbacks have a check with me and the me is the coach for coach to have a check with you i think means the world this is what harbaugh said after the game for the game on the line you had uh you were captured on nbc and you know, saying to lamar do you want to go for this yeah. was there ever any doubt no there wasn't but i i just maybe i wanted to be sure myself you know i, I knew he's gonna say yes so uh, but we were going for it at that point. It means the world, I think. And the fact that the, the cameras captured it, I mean, Harbaugh doesn't know he's on camera, but the fact that the cam- cameras captured it and Lamar now heard it, obviously, and the rest of the team knows that the, the coach's door is open. He was going for it. They're very, very strong on analytics there. They probably, I think when he was talking to Lamar, or just before he talked to Lamar, somebody was probably saying, I think this is what the percentage is, go for it, this is what, his people are saying, go for it. All right, we're going to go for it. Hey, Lamar, you want to go for this? Yeah. Which is also a way to give some wind beneath your teams. Pump them up a little bit. Wings. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, do you want to go for it? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's <laughs> do it. We're all on the same page. They go for it, and that'll wrap it up. And the Ravens beat the Chiefs for the first time with Lamar. 
and they're one and one as opposed to zero and two. And you got to take a look at that rest of that division, and they've got the best quarterback. They do. I believe in Baker, but they do in Lamar, and they got the best running game. I believe in Chubb and Hunt, but this team can run it down your throat. They've done it twice now. You could say, well, it's the Raiders last week. Ask Najee Harris how many rushing yards he had yesterday. Not enough. Ravens are in terrific position. And with a bunch of running backs that just joined the team, they just joined the team, except for that kid Tyson Williams, pretty much. They just joined the team. Yeah, Latavius Murray touchdown back to back weeks. Devontae Freeman even had, I think he had the, might have had one of the longest runs of the night. He had two carries for 30 yards. And you know who would love some of those running backs right now to be on the market? <laughs> the 49ers. <laughs> the 49ers played a guy that the Ravens cut. Right. Because they're so depleted. Right. I mean, the only thing left, uh, I, I think, on the running back shelves right now for the 49ers are those sort of, uh, you know, alternate uh, uh, snack food from Anthony Davis on the shelves right before the hurricane in New Orleans. <laughs> There's nothing left. Call Todd Gurley. Come on. What are we waiting for? Maybe so. Maybe so. At any rate, not to get off the point, yeah. this win, the way that they won it, the way that Harbaugh handled it, the way that Lamar stuck with it, hung in there, still threw for 239 yards, took all the shots from the Chiefs, made the big defensive play at the end, despite Tyron Matthew almost having a hat trick of interceptions against him. That is a huge W, huge dub. That should go and last the Ravens a long time to come as they head off to Detroit. Now then, biggest road win for me of the week. Biggest road win happened just up the road. Dallas Cowboys, got to give it up. Jerry Jones came to, got to give it up, got to give it up. And here's how you got to give it up. Got to give it up to a team that was missing six guys. Three on the line. One offense in Collins and two defense in Gregory and Tank Lawrence. And that kid, the unicorn, Justin Herbert, firing at will. Darts. And what do they do? They picked him off twice and held him to 17 points. Now Tony Correnti helped out. Way too much Tony Correnti in that referee crew. Way too much. But the Chargers are the ones who made too many mistakes. 20 penalties in this game. Absurd. Stupid. Mm -hmm. And a couple dumb ones from Jared Cook, who... I think the world of with his ability, I'll, I'll say it on the air, what I texted you. He, he could be the worst best player in the NFL. He's always going to give you 100%. He will always give you athletic plays at tight end. But once in a while, like, it, it just, you just got to wait for the drop, penalty, turnover. It's unfortunate. There's always in that game. And yesterday, he had a taunting penalty after be- scoring on a touchdown that got called back. At any rate, the Chargers made too many mistakes, and the Dallas Cowboys went in and hit them in the mouth. They hit them in the mouth. The conversation it being, Dak can't throw 45 times and keep winning. Yesterday, Dak did what that, this is what you need. 23 of 27, 237. That's the good stuff. Didn't put it in the end zone, but you know who did? 
both Pollard and Zeke did. Pollard ran for 100 yards. The Cowboys ran it 31 times for 198 yards. That's what you do when your defense is a bit banged up. And that's what you do when you want to win football games in the NFL. Grinding. They hit the Chargers repeatedly. And Jerry Jones, who came on the NFL Network um, live, came into the NFL Game Day Morning Studios and gave us the full Monty, okay? The full JJ experience. Full JJ experience, <laughs> including dropping an F-bomb on live television. An S-bomb, S-bomb S- on yeah. live television. He got my bit, bad. Rich. He got bit. Oh, my want? God, that was hilarious. I'll tell those stories later on. But he was talking about how the depth of the team will take care of things. And that sometimes you're like, okay, Jerry, we get it. You're the GM. Okay, Jerry, your head's in the sand. Okay. Guess what took care of the team yesterday? The depth. Dallas Cowboys were deep. They were balanced. They were not making the mistakes. They were... Getting a little bit of help from the zebras, I think, that felt a touch unbalanced, to say the least. Herbert had, what, two touchdowns called back due to penalties, which is a very Chargers thing. And I was hoping that Brandon Staley would remove the Chargers thing from the Chargers. The Chargers, I think, are going to win more games than not. But I got to give it up, TJ, when it is due. And it is due. And they look like the best team in the NFC East. The Eagles had a tough time at home against San Francisco. We might see that more often than not this season in general because of how deep the NFC West pool is. As Arizona came up with a crazy-ass win Mm -hmm. that we'll talk about with Aqib Tlaib, who called that game with Gus Johnson, Arizona versus Minnesota. The Rams... Knocked Carson Wentz out of that game and then held on to win in Indianapolis. Seattle, first blemish as Tennessee with Derrick Henry, the diminisher, went into (laughs) Seattle and took care of business. But it's a deep end of the pool, and the Eagles kind of felt it, got it pulled down in that undertow. But Dallas looks like the best team in the NFCs, and I'm giving it up. Two weeks in, Dak looks healthy. They were balanced. That was a road game that I thought they were going to lose. Yeah, yeah. you had the audacity to say that in front of Uncle in Jerry. Front I know, of in Jerry. front of Jerry. I did. <laughs> the audacity. I wasn't the only one. No, I know. Yeah, but I can't talk to them right now. I'm looking at you. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later on, the experience of Jerry Jones being Brockman. there. <laughs> Jerry Jones being there. And I saw some of the tweets, including my own friendly fire, about me being left out of a demo segment. <laughs> I think game day morning yesterday. He, hey, America, he did not find my gift funny. And also, I mean, there's a lot going on on game day morning yesterday that we'll discuss from yesterday's NFL game day morning, from Jerry Jones's appearance to the Wolf. TJ and the rest of everybody else <laughs> thinking that I got left out of a segment on 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 a demo field yesterday. And then on top of it, my mention of the Bofa brothers. Yeah, Bofa. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I want to, I want to. <laughs> We've got overreaction Monday. We've got overreaction Monday. I don't want to be late for our friend Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to be behind, let's put it this way, behind the clock too much for Aaron Rodgers. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Injury updates and more. What's going on with Andy Dalton? Does this mean Justin Fields is going to start? Matt Nagy is not revealing anything. 
Oh, yes, Mac versus Zach was a one-sided <laughs> battle that all of us in Jets fandom knew was coming. Yeah. Did oh, you know it was going to be that one-sided, though? Boy, is there so much to talk Wait, about. Zach just threw another pick. Oh, what is it? 12 or another one. 204, Rich. Number to dial. How hurt is Tua Ugh. in Miami? So much to talk about, but when we come back, the reigning MVP of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, will join us prior to Monday Night Football to wrap up week number two. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. A couple of narratives I want to throw at you here. To you tell me if this is true, anything, anything to it, because this is what we're all talking about out there, and what I'm sure you've heard. Like a narrative that you, based on the way that your team drafted, have a monster chip on your shoulder this year, and the way that you've shown up the first two weeks would support that theory and narrative. What do you say to that, Aaron Rodgers? I think I've always found inspiration from various things, and as a younger player, you know, even before. Uh, I got in the league, you know, there was a lot of slights that I felt about, uh, you know, the uh, scouting of my performance and my abilities and who thought I could play and couldn't play. I think as, you know, as I got older, you have to find new ways to, to be inspired by things. I think if anything, it's it's almost the opposite. I'm, I'm completely at peace with where I'm at in my career. And that's what's, you know, freed me up and allowed me to, you know, to get to this comfort level is, is, uh, is the peace that sometimes surpasses even your own understanding. And I don't have bitterness towards the organization, or Jordan, or anything associated with that. I'm just, uh, I've been working on myself. And I think a lot of times when people, you know, see whether it's a narrative about my, you know, mental state or how I'm playing, you know, they have to, they can't just, it can't just be a positive thing. They have to say, well, it's a shot at somebody or a slight at somebody or he's got a, he's, it's an F you to somebody or whatever it might be. You know, in this situation, I really feel like it's just, I've, I've been, choosing to work on myself and 
uh, you know, I feel really good about where I'm at. We're in the second year of a system uh, that guys are just playing a little bit faster and we're finding ways to be more efficient. I, I mean, that, that doesn't maybe sell a lot of uh, papers or get a lot of hits on the website, but to me that's, uh, that's closer to the truth than uh, this idea of uh, some monster chip. So in terms of your, your receiving mates then, um, do they have one? Because the concept that uh, you didn't get the help that was required speaks to the fact that they're not good enough. Again, I think everybody has different ways of being motivated and I think you know, Alan Lazard has had a plenty of uh, you know chips he could put on that shoulder, whether it's Jacksonville trying to make him a tight end or us not letting him work with the green group for the first whole first training camp, even though he was dominating on the other side of the field working against the twos and threes or the fact that we cut him or the fact that we put him on the active roster and didn't dress him and the fact that maybe when we finally dressed him we didn't play him so he's got he's got plenty of things he can he can have chips about Marquez same thing I think Marquez you know his thing has always been about his own confidence and the more confident that he is the more he can just relax and not put too much pressure on himself um, because I think he is uh, such a talented guy but I am proud of those guys the way they've stepped up in, in the training camps they've had and how they've gotten off to a good starts the first two games Great. that was Aaron Rodgers last year youtube.com slash Rich Eisen show for all of our archives okay let's get to it on Monday Night Football tonight I'll be hosting um, and doing the pregame and halftime of Westwood One's coverage from Lambeau Field, Packers and Lions, is our guest on the Mercedes-Benz Van phone line, Christopher. Yes, sir. He is the MVP, reigning MVP of the National Football League, getting set to take on the Lions on Monday Night Football to wrap up week number two. He is none other than Aaron Rodgers. How are you, Aaron? Hey, good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being on here. How, how's everything with you these days? Everything going all right with you? Uh, other than the, you know, disappointing week one, things have mm-hmm. been really good. Excellent. Fantastic. Because, you know, I've been, I've been waiting to talk to you for some time. I've been waiting to talk to you for some time. It's been too long. It's been a few months since we have talked. And uh, a lot has gone on with you. I don't know if you're aware of that, Aaron. Uh, no, no <laughs> not really. I mean, there's no Game of Thrones to talk about. So there's no Game of Thrones. So what are you watching these days, then? What are you watching? I'm anxiously awaiting season three of The uh, Afterlife. Okay. I'm enjoying the heck out of Ted Lasso. How great is that, right? And that's amazing. It's spectacular. Um, and as is normal during camp, training mm-hmm. camp, mm-hmm. it's probably the most tennis I ever watch. I enjoy the nighttime watching the U.S. Open. It just finished up. But uh, even without the Williams sisters and uh, Fed and Rafa, it was uh it was a good tournament. Well, I got to tell you, Emma Raducanu, her story is one of my favorite sports stories in the history of sports stories. That you go from... It's, it's amazing. It's uh, incredible. It, that you go from, you know, hey, I'm just happy to be here. I'm going to try and qualify for the U.S. Open and then win it at age 18. That is all kinds of awesome. The whole story. And and I don't think she lost a set, did she? No, she did not. The, yeah. last, the last time she had lost a set, I think, was uh, at... At, at an event in like July, that's about it. And then she showed up and she qualified and she made it. And it's just, I, I, I'll be honest, man. I, I told my kids like, this is the power of belief in yourself. Like this is the true story, power of belief in yourself. Fact. Yeah. And let's not yeah. overlook her opponent either. I mean, I think she was what, 19, 19. I know. Yeah. Right. 
and barely in the top hundred and made it uh, and beat I think what three major winners on the way to the final or something. Unbelievable! And then the, just the way they comported themselves, uh, that's pretty cool. So that's what you were watching when you were just done watch practicing, when getting I, ready yeah, for film. I had some time. I enjoyed watching. Right. I mean, I like the early rounds too. There's a lot of. You know, right. unknowns and up-and-comers, and much like those two teenage girls. Right. Fun to, fun to watch. And Ted Lasso is so much fun, too, uh, because of how positive it is and, and the positivity of it um, and the belief, you know, the believe sign. But Roy Kent is my favorite character in that entire series. I, every, oh, he's amazing. We, that's what we need on, on football sports talk. <laughs> Roy Kent. I mean, that's, that's exactly what we need. That would be oh, Roy Kent just basically calling BS on everybody, you know. But there, there are some shows on sports TV that come pretty damn close to it. Yeah, but a, they don't have a Roy Kent. I think I could be the Roy Kent. I don't think anybody would would want me to. But I think I think there's a few of us that could that could do that. How was Jeopardy? How was that? How was it? Was a blast, absolute blast. I had I had so much fun. I mean, just being around that environment and being on the stage that Alex shined on for uh, more than three decades, more than three and a half decades. Uh, getting to know the crew was just so fun. I mean, the makeup lady, the hair lady, the uh, stylist, all the people on the floor. I mean, it was it was a dream. I mean, it was surreal from the first moment I stepped on until, uh, you know, kind of taking my bows as I left. I was just in total gratitude to be there and blown away and, and really wanted to do a good job. I feel like I represented myself yeah. and Alex uh, well and and just had a lot of fun doing it. Well, the so people, thankful for that opportunity. And it's a hell of an opportunity, as you know. And, you know, the, the gameplay of it, hosting it is not easy to do. And then just being a you know, part of a broadcast team is just not easy to just get just slip right into. And then you get stuff snapped off at you, like that guy who who responded to an answer like he was Cliff on Cheers, right? Where he just blew the answer and he just basically made a, a comment about the NFC Championship game. That was a nice curveball uh, snapped your way. Yeah, my first episode too. That was is that right? Come on, it was that was your yeah. first one. He snapped my first. Yeah, my first real episode. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. And the, the best part is you can kind of see during the thirty seconds. Uh, of Final Jeopardy when the classic music is playing. Yep. Uh, my screen goes to their board, so I can see what they're writing. So I started to see the beginning of an a- his answer before I went to take my mark and get ready for the uh, reveal. And I could tell it was going in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't I didn't want to see anymore because I wanted to have a natural reaction. I didn't want to plan, when I, but I was thinking yeah. he was probably going to go in that direction. So once I started say, seeing him write something, I was like, oh, okay, i got to get to my spot so I can have just a real authentic reaction <laughs> to whatever he put down because I know it's going to be some sort of joke about something. Packers fans are everywhere, are they not, Aaron Rodgers? They're mm, absolutely yeah. everywhere. All right, so let's just get into uh, a couple a couple questions that I, I, I want to ask you because, man, I was wondering it. I, I don't know if you're aware. We were, everyone was talking about you literally for every day um, from pretty much um, April all the way through to the day that you did show up uh, in Green Bay. Was there a time where it was true when all the reporting that you were definitely – done playing in green bay you thought in your head i am done i am not going back there because that's the way it was described for a while aaron uh no i mean i think that's definitely an exaggeration i think there were there were many things i was hoping were going to adjust moving forward but i i never uh closed the door on returning completely 
just like I didn't close the door on retiring. I think I, I wanted to leave all options open. I wanted to handle things uh, in private. Now, obviously, because of you know who I am and and the nature of our relationship, I knew it couldn't be completely quiet. There were uh, there were other factors involved, and and uh, you know people with agendas uh, involved as well. So I knew. But I just didn't want to. I don't want to comment publicly because I don't want to trash the team uh, that I'd played for for 16 years. I have so much love and affection for this area uh, and so many members of the organization. I just, you know, I just felt like that was the right thing to do. Now that probably bothered some people because people thought maybe I could have shut things down if I just said something. And I thought many times about doing that, but every time I thought maybe this is the right time, it just seemed felt intuitively. Um, that it, it was too much emotion wrapped up in it, and it wasn't it wasn't the right time, and I needed to wait. And I feel like uh, it was the right decision ultimately. And you know, I was excited to be back, and excited to be back with the guys, uh, and also resolute about you know wanting to be a part of change going forward, and and wanting things to be different. What is the change that you received that allowed you to say, okay, let's do this? What was that? Well, what is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I think there was. There's nothing necessarily that can be stamped on a piece of paper it's more uh trust you know trust is a trust and hope can be beautiful things they can also lead to despair and, and frustration as well <laughs> but i i tend to, to be a little more altruistic and optimistic on on those two things and it's trusting and hoping that things uh can improve and and we can all grow together i don't I feel like I wanted to make that clear as well that I wasn't at all a victim ever in the cir- in the circumstance. You know, I'm fortunate to have played for so long and been paid so well for so long. Just want to be a part of things, you know, continuing to grow and get better in my time here. And, and it's just trusting that uh, we can all grow and and uh, communicate better and do things uh, in ways that can continue to to find ways to honor our current players, former players, and and restore dignity to those guys who deserve it. And so have you, Aaron Rodgers here in the Mercedes-Benz Vans uh, phone line on the Rich Eisen Show, have you seen something already? Has there been a change already that you can maybe point to in a concrete way that, that, okay, this is what I was talking about. This is why I wanted to have my say with the front office in a certain manner. Uh, I mean, the communication has definitely been better. Okay. Um, and, And that was... From kind of the first day I got back, uh, the communication, I think, has been a lot better. Uh, being involved in conversations that directly affect my job, that was basically what I was saying. I wanted, to, I wanted things to, to change in that, in that manner, and I feel like I've been a part of a lot of conversations that directly impact my job. So uh, starting, off, uh, starting off the right way. Okay. Do you have a conversation with Tom Brady at all on this subject matter? Since I guess he's kind of the the standard bearer of, you know, all-time great, long time with a team, figuring out what, what needs to be done for him personally as well with the team that maybe he's thinking about or with, sticking with. Did you have maybe even at any point uh, off camera, off mic in Montana, which was beautiful, by the way. And by the way, congratulations on sticking the... <laughs> sticking it to uh, Phil, my gosh, when he's just chirping at you. But did you have any conversations with, with uh, another 12 on this subject matter at any point in time? Uh, I mean, we've, we definitely had conversations uh, before and after we were mic'd up. Um, you know, Tom and I have been friends for a long time, and, and 
enjoy every time we get a chance to to catch up. Um, but look, I, I think I know pretty much what went on, you know, with him down there. Uh, different situation, you know. I've been here for 16 years, and he was going to a new team, and mm-hmm. obviously a lot of the things that he was asking for and wanted, he got. You know, whether it was Antonio or Gronk or whatnot, but. Um, different situation and and this is uh you know obviously very personal to me so um, i did have some conversations with a number of uh close friends and confidants about this uh situation and and those definitely helped uh help me with the right perspective moving forward and then monday night are you gonna just uh, i mean where, where are you on this i mean last time you were on and uh last year um or two times ago when you were on last year you said you were at peace with yourself are you going to, when you step out Monday night, Lions, Lambeau Field, uh, look around, like soak it in, like this may be one of the last times you do it? I mean, how are you going about your business on, on I'll, I'll all of definitely, this? Yeah, definitely soak it in, uh, not thinking about that this could be my last home Monday night game or any of those things, um, but definitely we'll soak it in. Just We haven't had fans, really, you know, other than small uh, splattering last year in playoffs, uh, so... It'll be nice to to be back home and hear that crowd noise and uh, in a game that matters, um, Monday Night Football, a good chance to respond after a rough first week. So that, that's what I will take in. But there's nothing like that first kind of run out on the field and mm-hmm. uh, pregame, and then the first time we have the ball on offense, it's just you know that you jog on the field, you hear the roar of the crowd start to come up, and it just I mean your whole body starts tingling, the hairs on your arm are standing up, and it's. It's something, it's something special. You just can't replicate that. No, you can't. It's a cathedral, man. It's a cathedral, and and there's so many fans that thought honestly that you, like you. It's funny. I mean, I mean, it's not funny, but I mean, it's kind of crazy. I've been saying on NFL Network that you're back, even though you never left. You know, and and there may be a lot of fans who thought that that you're going to hear from them Monday night. That you're going to hear it. That they thought that they would never see you come out of that tunnel in that uniform again. You know? Well, and, and yeah, and I I, I look forward to, to feeling that. There's been some amazing moments over the years, uh, jogging on and off that field that will always you know stick with me. And I hope I hope we got a couple more, couple more this season. All right, Aaron Rodgers, I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'd love to talk to you throughout the season. I always appreciate our chats. Um, and uh, you know, whenever you do decide to hang it up, whatever you want to do. I hope it is being the Roy Kent of sports television. My God, I hope that's your choice. You know, when it, when it comes down to it. You know, that would be fun, man. You know, Big Roy Kent fan. And in the meantime, you know, Aaron, you know, uh, I'll invite you. Uh, you know, do you want to do a once a week thing? Maybe Tuesdays on this show, Aaron? What do you want to do? Like yeah, call every week? Check my schedule. Let me see. You know, I mean, I don't know what you're doing on Tuesdays. Uh, but if you want to yeah. just every, every week, you know, call in. You could just sit wherever you want, brick wall behind you. If that's, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, you know, uh, and see, ch- chop it up. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'll get back to you. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll circle back with you. Let me know. Let me know. Okay. You take care of yourself, Aaron Rodgers. You're the best. All right, Rich. Thank you, man. That's Aaron Rodgers right here. Monday Night Football taking on the Detroit Lions uh, and week two. Not many people talk about their, you know, recent past. No, Somebody, like, I, I've already talked about I'm moving on. I'm turning the page. But he is willing to do it. Uh, I, you know, uh, I think in in the right settings, and I'm pleased that he considers this a, a proper setting for it. To be very honest with you, and I wrote it down when he said it. 
trust and hope can be beautiful things, but it also can lead to despair and frustration. Well, I mean, it is like life, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it does sound like a Ted Lasso line, you know? Right. That probably won an Emmy last night because they took all the Emmys home. They did. And that's where they're at right now. Because it didn't sound like that there's anything concrete that, co- that caused him to say, okay, I'll come back. Now, folks could say the concrete things were he wasn't getting traded. That was concrete. And that will they look at it towards the end of the year? They go 13-3 and three again. They're going to really like, okay, we're, it is time for Jordan Love right now. <laughs> Tonight's a big game, too, because, you know, They've had the clunkers before once a year, but never in week one. Two years ago, when LaFleur, in his first year there, they had that clunker in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That was right around Thanksgiving. Last year, the clunker happened in the first third of the season after they'd already established themselves that they were back to their 13-3 and winning ways when they got beat by Tampa. This one was week one against the Saints team that went ahead this week and did not do that loss by Green Bay any favors as Carolina put the bank thing on him. Got smoked. Very impressive week two win. Your phone calls, 844-204-RICH number. That was an interesting chat with Aaron Rodgers. Who is, I assume the trust and hope is full of let's trust and hope that this all works out together. He says that he's already being heard a lot more. Okay. And... Trust and hope is that at the end of the season, you don't want me here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. I trust and hope you will trade me. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, One of the more fascinating facts post-week two, a stat that almost was, and including another highly impressive road victory. That is well up there with Dallas, and I'm sure the fan base thinks it's a lot more impressive than Dallas. That's when we come back right here on The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Fun Twitter exchange this weekend started with our buddy Pat McAfee, who it was all fun when I asked Aaron Rodgers if he wanted to do something weekly, just on a Tuesday, Mm -hmm. Pat. Uh, Just my way of saying hi, and so was this too. So Pat McAfee watching the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide go up early on Florida. Pop it up. Um, We had to block it out here. He wrote, you know, it seems clear to all of us, okay, that Alabama's going to beat the dog black art of everybody this year, right? My response was hashtag D's nuts. Because <laughs> as we all know, Nick Saban, apparently, as we heard from his player, and we already know him prior on Dan Patrick's show, but it was established once again that Nick Saban likes D's nuts jokes. And, you know, 
Alabama beating up on people is just one long D's nuts joke. <laughs> so I put in hashtag D's nuts and Pat responded, Bofa. Okay. Now, somebody who was following this thread named George. Oh, poor George. He hopped in. What is Bofa? Oh, you can't do that. You got to look it up. I'm George. like, oh boy, it it's on, all George. set up. Want to oh. take this one, Patrick? To which he oh. responded, go ahead and bring her home, Rich. Oh. So now I'm now sitting there thinking I've got a couple choices here. There's really only one real choice. Yeah. <laughs> George, it's Bofa. <laughs> These nuts. <laughs> I'm all in, guys. I, mean, I can see that. <laughs> I'm all in. I then, I then included the GIF. I, I then oh. included, after that, the GIF. No, I, I included the GIF of, I had many different ways to go about it, <laughs> of Larry David getting up from uh, from a dinner table saying, I bid you, as he puts the napkin down, adieu. I think that's after he got ejected from uh, one of the oh, yeah. many dinners he's been on. I'm all in, guys. Yesterday on game day, and somebody sent this one. <laughs> you like that meme right there? That was actually pretty funny. <laughs> I even gave a smackdown right there. <laughs> By the way, I like George, George, also George. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was Doctor? Pretty, Doctor? Poor pretty guy, pretty George. Guy. What is Bofa? Oh, my God. You can't George. ask that. You cannot go. George. Look it up. I mean, if you don't know it. So, of course, I asked uh, the Game Day Morning production team for uh, um, a shot of Nick Bosa yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, because I could say the Bosa brothers, no relation to the Nick Saban's Bofa brothers. (laughs) Which then I went ahead and actually used on Game Day Morning. (laughs) And uh, told Ernie Johnson, it's now, Ernie, your move. Because the Emmy's now right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the day that Ernie does the, a deez. To nuts the, the Bofa brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Jeez. Back here, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Phone lines are lit. We'll take your calls in a moment here. Hey, folks. It happens every year in the NFL after a couple of weeks. You take a look at the standings and you're like, really? Really? Because right now, thanks to the Ravens taking care of business and your Dallas Cowboys, T.J. Jefferson, the only teams currently 2-0, not just in the AFC West, but in the entire AFC, (laughs) are the Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos sitting atop the AFC West. Giddy up. Now, you could sit there and say the Broncos, okay, well, you know, they beat the Giants and the Jaguars on the road. And right now, the way it's looking, yeah, you could go ahead and say that. But Teddy Bridgewater and the defense, both sides of the ball, running, without Jerry Judy, you know. And next week, the Jets are coming to town. That looks like 3-0 right there. The Raiders taking on Miami, who – had two knocked out last week, but the Raiders taking the punches of the Ravens in their ha- in their house on that Monday Night Football game and winning that despite the mistakes they made, and then going to Pittsburgh and winning in Pittsburgh after Pittsburgh had just won in Buffalo, an early East Coast window, very tough for a West Coast team certainly on a short week. Now 
I hear you, Steelers fans. No Joe Hayden, no Devin Bush because they had a groin injury on Friday in practice. They were out. T.J. Watt goes out. I want an update on him from you later on in the show, Chris. Mm -hmm. He hurt himself at the end of the first half. Tyson Alualu breaks his leg. Broke his ankle. Stephon Tewitt already out. Yes, I get it. You got to beat the teams in front of you. And that's what the Raiders did. Derek Carr. 28 for 37, 382, two touchdowns. Henry Ruggs is coming alive. They didn't have Josh Jacobs, Steelers fans. They didn't have Jacobs. They are 2-0. and And this is a fact. League's better when the Raiders are good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're winning, and they're a factor. They're 2-0. Broncos are 2-0. You know who's not 2-0? Anybody... In the AFC South, anybody in the AFC East, and anybody in the AFC North. Man, who picked the Raiders to make the playoffs in here? Oh boy, Chris Brockman feeling it. Woo, he's feeling it. Yeah, it's, suddenly everybody's got to start looking for when do the Broncos play the Raiders? That's a higher register contest, oh, big time. Derek Carr has 817 passing yards in two games. Yeah, no, no, it's incredible. Uh, but nobody has more touchdowns than Tom Brady, huh? He's on a pace, Rich, for 72 touchdowns. Incredible. <laughs> Gronk's back. Gronk has four. Tommy and Gronky, Gronk, man. I mean, they're back. Tommy and Gronky, two yeah, in the first, two in the second. Bofa. <laughs> yeah. Contests Bofa. featured Bofa. two touchdowns. And, oh, my gosh. I mean. And here's a stat that almost was. I looked it up. We're asked NFL Network to do it, but I'll just say. <laughs> Take the credit, Rich. No division has ever had all four teams 2-0. That's never happened before. And as a matter of fact, not only has a division never started 2-0, but a division has never, ever featured every team winning on back-to-back weeks at any point in any season in NFL history. Wow. That's a pretty no division has ever had each team a- win two in a row at the same time. And that almost happened yesterday. Had Seattle wrapped up the uh, Titans in their house in front of the 12s for the first time in over a year. But you know who showed up yesterday? The King, <laughs> yep. the diminisher, as I've come to call him, because there's no diminishing returns. And the Titans took it on the chin from Arizona. But they go to Seattle. The 12s are in the building for the first time ever. And they're down 30 to 16. You know where they handed the ball to? They handed the ball to Derrick Henry. You know where they handed him the ball down 30 to 16? They handed him the ball on their own 40-yard line. You know what Derrick Henry did? Go the entire 60 yards on one carry. Touchdown. I saw it. <laughs> then they get the ball back, and they go on a long drive on the one-yard line. You know who gave the ball to? Uh-huh. You know who they gave the ball to after they got a nice defensive series stop in overtime? Uh, King Henry Ridge. The diminisher who put in what we would call an MVP resume building performance back against the wall. Staring an 0-2 start in the face. 
going into Seattle and putting up a buck 82, 55 yards in the air as well. We'll do the math for you. That is 237 scrimmage yards, 35 rushes. Eric Dickerson might have to start <laughs> once again. First, he wasn't worried. Now Looking around for that old asterisk <laughs> conversation. Week one, looked like he's not going to break any records. Week two, okay, we see you. Derrick Henry and the Titans. Best team in the AFC South, easily. Easily. Let's do some math. Derrick Henry. Easily best team in the AFC South. Derrick Henry has 240 yards in two games. That's 120 per game times 17. That's 2,040 yards. I think he's going to up his average a little bit more in the next few weeks. He's got to take on Jacksonville twice. Jacksonville, Jacksonville's 0-2, and they're sending out like they're sending out memes from Urban Meyer telling fans to stick with him and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, it's gonna. It's when was the last time Urban lost two in a row? Trevor Lawrence has probably never lost two in a row his entire life. They said it was 2010, the last time Urban uh, lost two in a row. New feelings, new sensations. And I understand Tennessee going up and, and doing what they did and staring ev- everyone in the face in Seattle and then handing it off to Derrick Henry. But Dallas doing what they did here in Los Angeles. Chargers in that building. It is loud. I'll tell you what, man. And I know, I'll tell you what, man. You what, I, man. I, know, I, know, I know they're very proud of the decibel level up there with the beast quake and everything like that. Your ears are ringing when you walk out of that building so up the road so from here loud. in SoFi. So loud. And every team that goes in there is going to have to deal with it. Well, it was mostly Cowboys fans. I just thought it was very impressive. Cowboys (laughs) down six players. But Tennessee was right up there with a very impressive road win. And almost, we almost, almost, almost had, for the first time ever, an entire division not only start 2-0, but it would have been the first time an entire division had won back-to-back games at any point in any time in any NFL season. We're that close. It was an overtime. Russell Wilson, that they had the so ball nuts. back. They had the ball back. That's nuts, isn't it? That is nuts. What type of nuts? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's just really, It's very, very difficult to stop saying it once you're doing it. Now I know yeah, we're going to have to work Brazilian. on that, Rich, because we, we can't beat this to the ground because it won't be as funny. So we've got to, <laughs> as a proponent of these nuts jokes, yeah. you know. Hour two, your calls coming up over Reaction Monday. That almost happened, and we did get something that's never happened before. Dallas and, and the Chargers were 14-11 at the half. First time that's been a halftime score. And they didn't know that. Ever. Man, ever? Ever, ever, ever. I mean, Justin Herbert is incredible He's to awesome, watch. He, he really yeah, is incredible yeah. to watch. But the mistakes of Keenan so Allen getting called for taunting and then a taunting penalty. At, at a, well, we need to I talk mean, about taunting because it's out of control. We, we will talk about it's that. It's so stupid. We will talk about it. And then the one, here's the deal, man. If any, can I just say this to an officiating crew? It's a very difficult job. I get it. I totally get it. I can't, I mean, being an NFL official has to be one of the toughest jobs on planet Earth. The scrutinizing, the studying that you have to do, the knowledge you must have, the, the constant, constant thought that you have Within your head, do I do it or do I not? Pull it around. No one I can do. Do I see it? Do I not? In a split second. In a split second. It is so difficult. Totally get it. But one has to take stock at some point. 
I'm doing this too much. I'm talking too much. If you're a head official in the NFL, boy, am I on television too much right now. Too much. What was you talking about? Tony Carrenti? CSI Carrenti. Yeah. Was almost <laughs> a show. Like, I was ready for, I was ready for Nance to say an all-new show on CBS. An official, <laughs> an, an official decides to throw way too many flags. A lack of self-awareness on an all-new CSI Carrenti. And the worst one... The worst one is Justin Herbert is trying to escape the Dallas rush and he's called in the grasp as he's being grasped and being pushed back as as if Herbert is like five foot eight and is going to be taken down. You got to let these players play and let the players make their plays. You can't do that. And if Hawkeye is at home, if they're at home in the NFL and we're seeing it, you call Tony Carreni. You have the ability to pick up the flag, Tony. The ability is there to correct things. The NFL has got to do it. Because that puts Herbert way back. Now you're going for a field goal. Instead of having an opportunity for a third touchdown of the day to be called back due to penalty. Hour two coming up.